Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insight. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. This is your host, Stone Payton, and in the studio with me this morning is my good buddy and co-host, Lee Cantor. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Stone. How are things going for you? Your, your family's back in America? They're all back in America. Dad left a voicemail last night. He seemed a little bit tired, uh, and Holly got back from California. So uh, the, everybody, all the chickies are in the nest. So they're ready for Easter. That's right. Absolutely. And then uh, you've got spring break coming up this week? Correct. Where are you headed? Uh, we are headed to Boston. And then uh, we're going to have to do the show without you next week. That's right. So it's just me and Kevin. Just, and you and Leanne. Right. And Leanne. Absolutely. Well, this is going to be a fantastic segment uh, this morning. We have the folks from the International Society of Performance Improvement. We have with us, we've got Mike Law from the Home Depot, we've got John Gibbs with Tata, and we have Denise Trakoff with CDC. Welcome, gang. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, we are delighted to have you. Uh, I'll ask you first, uh, Mike, maybe just give us a, a quick overview from your perspective, mission and purpose of ISPI. What are you guys out there trying to accomplish for folks? Well, we're the, we represent the Atlanta chapter of the International Society, and um, as the as the name kind of suggests, it's all about um, how can professionals in learning, talent management, uh, performance improvement uh, work to develop processes, tools, new ways of doing things to perform uh, to improve performance in organizations, including the Home Depot. Including the Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you guys are doing a fantastic mm -hmm. job over there. Well, that's always good to hear. <laughs> So, uh, John, what compelled you to get involved with this outfit? Did you just feel like they needed a lot of a lot of help and a lot of improvement? They did that at the time <laughs> I got involved, but I was uh, like a lot of people. I was kind of attracted to the uh, the data based, research based uh, orientation. You know, uh, developing your practice, uh, your professional practice around evidence rather than fads. So, uh, so your group spends a lot more time kind of looking at the analytics of this rather than kind of anecdotal evidence. Yeah, you could say we're the nerds. <laughs> uh, no, it is steeped in, um, you know, like John said, uh, evidence-based practice. So, yeah, we're looking at analytics, metrics, um, but we're also looking at uh, new tools and ways to do things. And um, that's part of what we're going to be presenting uh, tomorrow night at the Home Depot Store Support Center. Oh, you got something going as early as tomorrow. Yeah, we've been running a uh, mobile learning support pilot. Um, I use both those terms because it's part learning, part support. Um, and we've been running it in Atlanta at one of our stores. And uh, one of the things that uh, our members love to, to come and see and, um, is about case studies. And so this is a case study we're going to be presenting on uh, our early results from our uh, pilot. Um, we've deployed uh, Apple I, uh, iPod, iTouch devices in the store, and we've leveraged content that we've created over the years, um, you know, using the short form uh, of the content to uh, help customers uh, in the aisles to uh, make buying decisions on products and find products. Now, is the people that were using the um, the technology, were they your employees or they're the customer themselves? Well, it's really both, and, and so it becomes kind of a dialogue between the customer and the associate. We want the associate to have as much power in their hand as the as customer does coming in to to buy uh, to buy products or to work on a project, and you know a lot of times they've researched the project at home, 
uh, in their local store, and so they can map to their store, find products you know from their uh, from the Home Depot app. And now we've enabled the store associates, given them that power too, to um, you know find those products quickly and bring up quick pieces of content uh, around product knowledge to help the customer decide. You know, out of 18 drills in the drill aisle, which one do I want to buy today? Right, because like on their thing online, it'll say get a drill, and then now they get to the store and there's 18 drills. Now they got another problem now, right? They got to pick the right drill. Exactly, and so it all depends on, you know, the the project and and uh, the specifics around that and what the customer's familiarity is with, uh, you know, tools. But we we use these uh, these tools just in time to try to help them make those decisions. Now, this kind of a case study is this something that's driven. Uh, through the ISPI, or was this a, a Home Depot case study that you decided to do that you're just sharing with the ISPI? Yeah, it's just it's something that uh, my organization uh, has been focusing mm-hmm. on uh, to put us uh, where we need to be to be the Home Depot, the home improvement uh, education place to go. And uh, so it's just good timing that uh, there's a lot of buzz, you know, in the industry, the learning performance support industry about mobile learning and mobile support. And so uh, it's good timing to uh, to share this this case study. Mike's team gave me a little preview the other day when I was visiting with them, and it impressed me how they're leveraging information they've already produced, uh, some of which is available to customers for their store associates. So, so it wasn't a start from scratch uh, effort for them. They were able to build on existing. So tools. they repurposed something that they had done before, and they're just putting it in different format. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the the big challenges with. Um, you know, technology in the mobile space of providing learning is that, you know, the smaller the device, the smaller the attention span uh, of whoever's viewing that content. And so it has to be really <laughs> tightly wound around, you know, just what I need, when I need it, the amount that I need, the format that I need, all those things. So, Denise, I know your day job is at CDC, uh, but beyond keeping these two in check over at ISPI, what's your what's your role over there? Oh, I am just so um, grateful. I have such a fascinating job. I work in the Center for Global Health of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So um, my job, my my customers are uh, ministries of health um, around the world who ask for the U.S. government assistance in strengthening their workforce. So I've been working there after a career in the private sector. I've been working there helping design and develop um, uh, training programs in epidemiology or in public health management for the workforce of countries such as Zambia and uh, Jordan Central and Guatemala. And so it's been just really exciting and um, got involved in ISPI. After meaning to do it for years, I finally really uh, got involved last year. And we finally got her to come and speak for us. <laughs> we've we've yeah. been looking for someone from CDC and uh, – she shared a, a great project that they're doing to uh, to let uh, their I don't know if you call them customers your uh, clientele around the world to uh, to share their ideas together. Yeah. Well, let's hear more about it. Tell us a little yeah. bit about this. That's really exciting because um, uh, you can imagine the um, connectivity and uh, technology um, accessibility is is very variable all around the world. Sure. But we wanted to create an online community of practice for the graduates of our programs so that they can stay connected with each other and with the Centers for Disease Control, which they really highly valued. So um, uh, I led the team to launch an online community uh, of practice um, starting uh, in, in 2009. So uh, last year, I presented to the ISPI Atlanta chapter about the lessons that we learned along the way 
which was really beneficial for me because there was the audience, the members of the Atlanta chapter, there was representatives from academia and the private sector, nonprofits, and then myself. And I have to say I was a little nervous of thinking what would my you know, peers think about the design and the strategy that we had uh, taken and, and what would these people, I, you know, whose opinion I really right. respect, um, what they would say. And so it was really great to get some feedback and also to get some affirmation that, yeah, you know, there was some good things there. We were on the right track. And that was really helpful. And then I um, got to meet some people, uh, like someone from Habitat for Humanity International, yeah. where there's some connection there with what we do. So it was really great to build some connections already. And then, and then um, John... Uh, uh, invited me to be on the board, so um, so here I am. So now, how do you uh, translate something that you're doing for the public sector? That's you know, you ha this has to go across all kinds of education levels, all kinds of technology cha challenges, right? Yeah. And then, how can you take what you know some of what she's doing and then bring it back to you know private business? I think that's a, a really good question, and I've been pursuing mm -hmm. it a little bit. We've actually talked to. Uh, someone from Habitat for Humanity about uh, joining us on the board and also sharing what uh, they learned about uh, using volunteers. Of course, ISPI is very interested in how to manage yeah, volunteers. Sure. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of transferable um, information, you know, processes. Right. I would think there's transfer both public, ways, right? Private, you can yeah. take what they're doing and then kind of implement it in your world. But mm. your world has challenges that are, I mean, I would think well surpass what you guys are doing, you know, across many countries, cultures, technologies, education levels. Mm. And, right? There's yeah. no uniformity where in business, you know, you have kind of a, corporate way of doing things. Yeah. And we have a, um, a commonality with what Mike was just describing because our mm -hmm. audiences are not technically our employees. So when I used to be in mm -hmm. in the private sector and I was the manager of employee training, you know, we had some leverage over the, the right. learners. Right. You say everybody they, has there's to accountability have this kind there. of... Yeah. Right. Here it's there. They, they can take our training or not and there's nothing I can do about it. So it, it's similar to what Mike was talking about, what he's providing for his customers at Home Depot. The customers themselves, I can decide if I want to learn about the drills or not and then I could buy the wrong one and then pitch a fit about it. <laughs> and, you know, so it's sort of, there is some... Uh, you know, there's how do we entice people to, you know, kind of follow our lead and take our advice and you know, say instead in trying to say to them, you'll thank me later if you take <laughs> right. the Just time to take these 30 <laughs> right. seconds to do this. So, uh, so yeah, there, I think there's a lot of synergy and then, um, and just working with other cultures. Uh, yes, it's a culture in the, you know, you know, really the a formal sense of it with a capital C, but we know in the U.S. there is quite a diversity of culture, not just by people's upbringing, but what, what they value. Do I want the cheapest thing? Do I want the best thing? You right. know, so there, you're right. It really helps uh, to um, uh, just, just to help all of us figure out how do we attract a, a diverse um, population with different who have different motives. So, Mike, tell us more about the membership. Uh, what's the member profile, types of organizations, types of people that are part of this organization and should be part of this organization? Well, really, it, it's, a, it's a pretty broad spectrum. Um, you know, folks like me who are in corporate uh, learning, training, uh, they're looking for solutions and how to improve performance uh, in their organization. Um, you know, government, uh, like uh, Denise and... Um, Consulting companies as well. We have, um, you know, a lot of consulting firms that uh, are, are members. Um, 
and uh, even the student population uh, at the local universities. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, because it's a practice, uh, it's an organization focused on, you know, how do we use research and, and evidence-based practices to, to pr- improve performance in organizations. It's got a strong um, foundation within the universities. Um, and so we've, a- we've often done um, uh, events where we've had, like, the University of Georgia uh, program and the Learning Design Technology come and visit and do a kind of a showcase, and, and we've had discussions about going out there and doing some some. What a fantastic opportunity yeah, for those students! Imagine a college kid to yeah. be a part of this. That must be. We give them a break yeah. on membership too. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's all a marketing strategy, and they, and they really keep it lively. And, and frankly, they keep us up to date because they're the ones that are getting exposed to the latest and greatest. You know. Yeah. Uh, but John, and I'm sure this is true for all three of you. Obviously, you're getting a great deal of return on this personally, professionally. Uh, and it's having a, a positive impact on your business. Talk a little bit about uh, Tata. Tell us a little bit about this organization, uh, the work that you guys are doing there, and then maybe speak a little bit to uh, how that that practice is benefiting from uh, your participation in, in ISPI. Yeah, Tata Active Systems is an international learning solutions company. It does uh, the uh, the broad spectrum of solutions, games, and sims, and and my particular focus uh, lately has been in mobile learning, like Mike, some of Mike's people are doing. And um, it's great to stay in touch with uh, the research. I uh, went to the ISPI conference last year in Toronto. Mike was there also, and there was a great session on uh, the debunking of myths. You know, my question is, why do we believe these myths for so long? But, <laughs> you know, we go with what's intuitive until it's proven uh, to be right. uh, valid or not. And so uh, some of the myths that... Uh, uh, that were being debunked as, for instance, that this uh, hot millennial generation that we hear about is so wired and, and fine-tuned, they're actually not any better at Googling than we are. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Kevin? Yeah, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something for the older generation uh, to offer, too. But it's, it's just good to, you know, learn new things. But also, sometimes you just get affirmation that you really are uh, on top and you really are aware. It kind of builds your confidence. <laughs> <laughs> At least you feel like you're on the right path, right? right. <laughs> no, some of these presenters are very gifted. And if they have a sexy acronym, you know, it's believable until you find evidence <laughs> to the contrary, right? <laughs> so that's important, a sexy acronym. Just spend some time working the on that. The acronym it. first, and then you come up <laughs> then with Then you build the, it uh, later, terms. right? <laughs> so ISPI has got to be tickled to death to have a Home Depot involved. I mean, just having the credibility of that uh, involvement. And the CDC. And the CDC. Uh, but, like, the Home Depot, I'm sure there's a business case. There are conversations uh, they're in, within the halls of a Home Depot before they go and just willy-nilly start, uh, you know, deploying people and say, hey, go participate in this organization. Right, because, what's the home, Yeah, what's the thinking at Home Depot? What was the business case for getting involved, you think? Well, I think just to, uh, to, to you know, be part of the, uh, you know, first of all, the Atlanta community of business leaders that are involved in, in a lot of these innovations uh, to learn from one another. And that's really the purpose of a, a society is to share and collaborate. And so this is probably one of the real benefits to us is to be able to, you know, rub shoulders with other people at these meetings and find out, hey, what are you doing in this space and what could we be doing better? Um, Do you find it that collaborative? It isn't like, hey, I got the secret sauce, so I'm going to keep this to myself, so I'm not going to share that? That's a good point. We try to actually make it beneficial to speakers in terms of sharing ideas with them they they let us know what we're doing, but they don't usually come across as the uh, the know it all. But but uh, we get to make some contributions to their thinking, and I, I think it's a win win all around there. 
Well, and I got to believe, Denise, if, if ever there were an organization where communication and uh, distributing information accurately and quickly to a lot of people, uh, it's got to be the CDC. You you guys must really, have you cracked the code on this thing? You must be on the cutting edge of it anyway, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, it's, yeah. that's life or death. You have to deploy uh, no, it's information. Literally life or death. It's true, and it's very humbling, and, and it's really exciting for me to be in this environment. Um, as I mentioned, I, my background is not in public health. I was in the private sector and working, in, uh, working with adult learners for over 25 years in, and go into a culture of science-based action for saving lives. And, and so there I'm surrounded by epidemiologists and laboratory professionals who use data to make life and death decisions, but they, they didn't take or there was not the skill set. Uh, because it's a science organization, there was not the skill set really to take the same approach to developing learning mm-hmm. and to making sure that and, – uh, and thinking of learning and, and education as an intervention to improve performance – so by adding um, the things that I've learned um, or what I've been able to contribute to say, there is a, a, a science base of, for uh, developing employee performance as well, and it's not just getting the smartest person in the room to start talking until they run out of breath. You right. know, and just, everybody else just take notes. Take notes real as fast really as fast you can, yeah. Here. So, you know, and to, to do that, and in fact, what was really um, exciting for me was um, uh, I found a book last year um, on the internet, but it was at, on the ISPI website, the national website on uh, predictive evaluation, a different way of, of evaluating whether, uh, of trying to evaluate um, training. Uh, in, uh, we all know Kirkpatrick and the four levels and, you know, have it tattooed on our arm, but um, this was another <laughs> method that I found really intriguing, and we started using it last year, and it's now really growing in, at least in my area at CDC. Turns out that if I join ISPI uh, the previous year I, I'd gone to one of the meetings, the author of that book was a, was one of the speakers oh, at the wow. Atlanta chapter, <laughs> cool. and I would have been able to right. like, take advantage of It was like in your that. neighborhood, right? It was. It was. It was like I missed it by that much, you know, so I could have been able to meet, uh, meet with the right. author face and learn about face, it. Right. Yeah, and, and so I, I learned it the hard way, as I do many mm-hmm. things, and, um, and so that was really a great uh, innovation and really helps. Um, and it, it actually provides me an op- an, uh, the ability to provide data and in kind of the language that my uh, that my subject matter experts understand, you know, when I can put you know something with some rigor with denominators and you know things that help them understand and appreciate what's going on, it really is a language that they can. It adds a lot of credibility, but it also helps us add more rigor to how we evaluate training. Now you're a training specialist, but I get the sense that uh, an important part of your job is wrangling these SMEs, these subject matter experts, right? so that yeah. you get the, the the best out of them and you deploy them to the right people at the right time in the right way. Yeah, yeah, that's a, you know, and that's I think a challenge for all of us in this field. You know, and how do you work with a subject matter expert? And 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 you're right, and and we have a lot of challenges. I mean, there's. You might have heard a little bit about some budget challenges with the federal <laughs> government, and uh, you know, and so uh, we have to be very um, mindful when we s- deploy someone to another country. And what's exciting for me is that that's helping raise the profile of distance learning and that online community and the things that we had been starting and wasn't really taking off and didn't get a lot of buy-in, but. But uh, people are now seeing. Um, I, I got a actually a, a message from someone yesterday. Yesterday, I led a, a webinar, and the uh, the stakeholder said 
was like a big surprise. It said, wow, I had no idea that distance learning could be just as good as classroom. Right. I thought it was only just the second place if you can't do classroom. It was like, yes, another convert, you know, <laughs> one person at a time, only right. 9,000 more funny, people to go. But a cut budget. Yeah. Uh, open some yeah. eyes in that yeah. way. Yeah. Now, you guys are talking about mobile learning. Um, what are some of the other areas you guys are working on? Are you working on distance learning as well? Oh, or? yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, the various terms, e-learning and so forth, have been around for a while. But now it's kind of blending back into uh, to the whole. People just talk about learning. Mm-hmm. And, and we're generally becoming more agnostic about <laughs> the method. Just right. use whatever method is appropriate to your to your needs and your budgets and your uh, location of your people and uh, how um, how volatile the information is and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I would add that it's it's also you're seeing in, uh, with mobile technology and other uh, you know social media social learning um, uh, outlets that it's learning anywhere anytime any place. And uh, one of the topics that we're we're uh, thinking about uh, offering some programs on is. This whole thing about learning analytics, which is really exciting to me I, you know, after being in the e-learning uh, world for 20-plus years of just tracking uh, who completed what you know, and when. Learning analytics allows us to see uh, activity streams um, of you know, who took what, but the, and who browsed this, who attempted that, you know, who participated in a, in a social f- learning forum, things like that to s- help understand you know, what are the packages of content that we need to be offering uh, our employees, um, you know, access to, to help them become, you know, better at their, at their work. Are you utilizing any gamification? We are looking at it very seriously, yes. To, um, that's probably the, the second chapter once we figure out, you know, how to, you know, package and curate content. It's that, to keep it in the engagement yeah. and the compliance over yeah. time, and you, you think the gamification might be part of that solution? Yeah, I think so. You already see in a lot of, um, you know, social media sites, um, Facebook and, and others, and, and um, you know, it just makes sense to try to incorporate some of those things that are working well. Um, you know, give, um, give employees the ability to say, hey, I like this even. Uh, you know, that gives you a lot of information. Um, things like that that are going to be possible, um, you know, in the near future with uh, some of the new t- um, kind of tracking technologies that are coming out. You, know, you might have heard of Tin Can or XAPI. Somebody mentioned that the other day, right. but I don't know I don't know that we dived into it. Tin Can, what is that? Well, um, those uh, who are familiar with SCORM, which is the, the model that's been used, you know, the last 20 years or so. Of tracking. course, we knew that. Yeah, right? you knew that. <laughs> There's yeah, that I mean, acronym again. Right. <laughs> Hasn't it been 20 years since that started? Look it up. Um, <laughs> But uh, it, this is just a new way of um, of, of tracking. Um, like I said, you know, what what are people taking and and providing more information on the on the stream? I mean, Amazon has been doing this for years, right? And they're very effective at figuring out, you know, if this person liked this, then they also looked at that. Oh, they know more uh, about me than I yeah. know about me. <laughs> I mean, they send me an email. And go, oh, yeah, that's exactly the book I want. <laughs> yeah. So if you have star performers in an organization, you know. <laughs> In my organization, if I have a you know a top kitchen designer, what kind of content are they are they uh, you know taking and viewing? What websites are they going to to improve you know their ability to you know answer customer questions and solve problems? And then you can uh, share that with like that's kind of their best practices of where they're getting kind of their background information. And then they can share it with other employees. Exactly. 
Wow, that's fantastic. So gamification is a part of every interview that Lee conducts. I, I mean, even the on the only, restaurant show. It's the only show. catchphrase I know. We, we could be on the restaurant <laughs> show, the lawyer show. It doesn't matter. He's going to talk about gamification. But this is a little bit in your wheelhouse, too, right, John? Simulation and games and engagement. Yeah, sometimes, in fact, we'll, we'll use a very simple game. Swinging a golf club or, or, or uh, skiing or all kinds of uh, sports analogies to do. It's actually a, a simple uh, multiple choice question, but it's visual, it's interactive, and it uh, increases the uh, emotional engagement just a little bit. And I always say, uh, you know, emotion is a, is a neglected part of, uh, of learning. And uh, so anything you can do. But do to, you have data to back that, that the gamification is a way to increase uh, compliance and uh, accountability? I don't. I think a lot of people do it by instinct. I mean, they're, they're uh, younger employees especially are u- so used to games. It's sort of the common language, you know? Do you right. have an acronym? We'll go right on that. Maybe at your next meeting you can. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Home Depot is obviously they've cracked the code on, and I don't know how much, if any, of the secret sauce you'd be willing to share on the air, but I, I can walk into my local Home Depot, and as a matter of fact, I can go in either of two directions, and they're about the same distance, easy, and they're both close enough to a Caribou or a Starbucks, so it makes for a nice trip. I can go in there, and I can talk to a 20-year-old kid, and he, if he doesn't have the answer, he's going to get me the answer, or she's going to get me the answer. Or I might be a 65-year-old retired part-time guy, and, boy, he knows everything there is to know about it, and he gets me the stuff. Or I can walk back to the kitchen granite area, and those people are so knowledgeable. So you guys are obviously doing a lot of things right. I guess my question is around culture, because aside from their knowledge base, there's just this this attitude, this uh, – uh, this vibe that I get when I go to the Home Depot, you just inject them with that. How do you do that? Yeah, we we only like to hire people that are really about, you know, uh, engaging customers and creating a great customer experience. And we've done a lot better job of trying to, you know, find those kind of people that really want to be there and, and uh, like I said, engage with the customer. And then we try to equip them with the knowledge and and um, and tools. Uh, you know, that's part of the, the mobile um, uh, solution is to – you know, a lot of our associates uh, already have smartphones, and they're using them yeah. to answer customer questions. So why wouldn't we help enable that more? And and um, you know, so we're we're trying to do what we can to uh, give them just the the right information at the moment of need um, to to really help that customer, whatever it is, find a product, decide on which one, do a project, um, and we're leveraging a lot of the uh, the know how. Uh, content we have off of our uh, homedepot.com website as well. Uh, so it's, it's all about how to package that content so that it's, uh, it's more of something that you can use, you know, at the moment of need versus I'm going to go back and take a, you know, a long course on something. Uh, you know, those, those days, uh, you know, they're not over, but... Uh, they're numbered, though, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> How about you guys? You putting some uh, real attention toward this. Uh, I guess it starts as early as recruiting and selection, but also just toward crafting the kind of culture that uh, you need and want at CDC. Do you guys put some attention to that? Yeah, and I have to say, you know, I, I work in the Center for Global Health. The CDC domestic, as you know, d- CDC is a domestic agency, so the employees that of CDC have, there is a corporate, uh, CDC university specifically for that area, and there also are some things that you as the public uh, are our customers, and, and you can go to the CDC website and get podcasts. You can get, there's all kinds of, there's um, some social, there's social media, there's 
um, uh, avatars, and they do a lot for when they're doing outreach for public health messages to teens, adolescents. There, there is a lot of, of great innovation um, in on, in my world in in working with developing countries. That is really. Um, revolutionary that's kind of a, a bridge too far at this moment there are there are people you know really has been a culture of classroom training academic kind of environment um i want you know that's just what the the sentiment is what's exciting to me and why like i'm excited about the program tomorrow is that because there's been such a um uh, sl uh resistance to uh distance learning in a lot of the um of populations where we work, we I think we're going to be able to leapfrog over some of the older distance learning technologies because wherever I go, in Zambia, in rural Ghana, Guatemala, people have cell phones and they've got smartphones, and there's the satellite technology which enables them to download things directly to their phone. And everyone, I just want to tell you, I don't have all the data, but it sure seems to me that everyone on the planet is on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I think we can leapfrog over some things and then go straight to mobile learning, and people will then accept it as a and not, not even realize it's, quote, training. It's just what I need when I need it in the middle of nowhere, and, um, and I can now do my job. So I'm excited about it for global health, but I have to say CDC domestically even though I've not been involved in it, you will see um, there's quite a lot of, of all these learning technologies for the domestic audiences. So now uh, the, the meeting tomorrow, is that a, a regular meeting or this, it's a special meeting? Well, John will be there. Well, then it's special. <laughs> <laughs> we think it's special, but, yeah, we're having a regular meeting. So what, and, what, uh, why don't you walk us through, like somebody who has never been to one of these meetings, what happens at a meeting? What, how does it work? Well, we keep the, uh, the formal uh, business to a, a medium, uh, to a minimum, but uh, the most important thing, I think, is we have dinner together. So you have <laughs> dinner, <laughs> food, and then have food. There's always a speaker or not always? Yeah, yeah. We Each time we have a speaker, uh, we uh, invite anybody that's looking for a job or offering a job to speak up. Uh, some organizations kind of treat that as a bother, but that's, that's an important thing. You don't have yeah. a place to practice. You're... Uh, your great uh, uh, ideas you're learning unless you have a job. So, And then we have a speaker for about an hour, and uh, and they're usually very interactive, a lot of Q&A. And, &A, and the, again, the students really help with that. They're eager to learn a lot. So it's, uh, it's uh, I don't think I've attended one uh, droning lecture in a long time. And what kind of rhythm are you guys on? Is there a monthly or a quarterly meeting in addition to, like, these big powwows? How often do you guys get together? Typically it's been every couple months. Uh, recently uh -huh. uh, Mike's uh, – uh, offered something every uh, every month as our uh, program's VP, and uh, we'll probably take a break next uh, uh, month because of the uh, international uh, uh, conference in Reno, and then resume uh, some great programs after that. So now, how does the international play with the individual chapter activities? They offer some uh, uh, programs. Uh, there are some events coming up in uh, in Atlanta that they'll be offering in June. And uh, you can go to ispia.org or ispiatlanta.org, mm -hmm. our site, to uh, get information on that in the next few days. And if you join the Atlanta chapter, that means you're a member of the international as well? Or you have to join Not yet. There's, a, there's a, a, a bit of coordination uh, that's going to be emerging in the next uh, couple months. And uh, so they're hoping to streamline that. For, for right now, the memberships are actually distinct. Oh. And so let's uh, talk a little bit about volunteer opportunities, uh, opportunities for leadership to, to get involved with ISPI, um, maybe offer a little counsel. Uh, I mean, I'll ask all of you, but I, I guess we, we start with, with you. 
Um, Denise, what uh, what are some ways to get involved? Some volunteer opportunities. Oh, there's um, there's several things that you can do. Um, we, first of all, you, people can be on the board if they like. Uh, we have some uh, uh, openings for uh, different activities there, uh, it, marketing or membership or communication or any gap that any member might see that they would like to step forward on. That's something they could do. Another thing is to organize uh, maybe some kind of a, a power lunch idea of workshops. If there's a workshop that they would like to uh, uh, lead or participate in or learn from, they can coordinate that. Um, there's um, other, ac- uh, you know, some any activity like that. I think that they could do as well. Light Margarita Mondays. There you Something go. Something like we'll that. I think so. Yeah. 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 So. We're open to people offering ideas and uh, and implementing them too. So uh, get our get on our website. Send us an email. Let us know you're interested, and we'll chat. <laughs> well, and I do want to make sure that our listeners have coordinates, uh, both uh, if, if it's okay, for, so they'll have the opportunity to get in touch with uh, each of you individually if they want to have a conversation about this. And maybe we, we share those coordinates. And then I want to make sure that everybody knows how to get to the ISPI website and, and, and learn more about that. So uh, let's go around the horn. Mike, uh, best way for people to reach out and connect with you if they'd like personally. Um, well, we have a uh, LinkedIn presence where there's a group um, uh, site uh, on LinkedIn, ISPI uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we want to have more and more presence on there. In fact, we started a buzz about tomorrow night's meeting there. Nice. So you can go out there and read about it. And uh, so that's one way. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, and um, we also have a Facebook page. Um, and then we have our website, uh, uh, ISPIAtlanta.org. And HomeDepot.com is probably uh, owned by Home Depot, too, right? People want to learn more about Home Depot? <laughs> exactly. I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but... <laughs> right. You need a drill. That was a good guess. <laughs> and, and, John, folks want to learn more about Tata first uh, and or just reach out to you, talk about uh, about your work. What coordinates for that? I'm John David Gibbs on most systems, JohnDavidGibbs at gmail.com, JohnDavidGibbs on uh, LinkedIn and, and so forth. So you've, you can usually find me there. But now, I think you mentioned earlier on you do some speaking. Like, do you go to associations and talk on some of these topics? Yeah, Are recently, I, I, recently I'm on the circuit talking about uh, mobile learning nuggets. It seems to have hit a nerve. Uh, short is good, and so I've been uh, uh, talking about how to uh, have little short learning pieces and still uh, uh, retain some coherence to them. But you're open to maybe if, if the association, if it's a good fit and you feel like you can contribute to them and you're open to doing some talks for, for oh, other Oh, sure, yeah, or? yeah. We'll talk about ISPI or any of the topics that uh, we know something about. Fantastic. And Denise? Yeah, well, the Centers for Disease Control has a website there, and I'm also on LinkedIn personally, and um, you can reach me at dtrakoff at cdc.gov and um and so i'd be happy to chat with anyone about um, the issues in regarding performance or, or working internationally or if we need a flu shot in guatemala a flu shot right. i'll see y'all I can, see, I can get you up i can hook you up <laughs> outstanding and uh, so let's make sure one more time uh, whoever's got all the information right in front of them and, and knows it coordinates for ispi Try ispiatlanta at gmail.com or our website, ispiatlanta.org. And the location and time of the event tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, the location is uh, at the Home Depot uh, Store Support Center. It's in Vinings. We have the uh, – uh, you can actually uh, get the information on our website. On the website? On the events page. Great. Uh, but the time is uh, 530 for the uh, – 
the dinner and the networking session. Don't want to miss that. And then the program will officially kick off around 6.45. And later today I'll have directions about where to park. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Well, it has been an absolute delight having all three of you in the studio. we got to have you come back sometime, maybe periodically, just to let us know what's happening over at ISPI and uh, and in your work. You guys be up for that from time to time? That would be a treat. We'd enjoy it. Yes. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor and our guest this morning saying we'll see you next week on Learning Insights.